Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm tired this week. Yeah, one of those weeks. Yeah, but um, I took a break and watched The Bachelor, and I am here to talk about it. Yeah. Despite myself, I am having a very good time this season so far. We're only two episodes in, but... Yeah, I think the the second episode is always fun because you get through the first night frenzy, you know, where it's overwhelming. There's so many women, so many names, so many people to remember, so many sparkly dresses. And then you actually kind of get into the flow of the show in the second episode. Um, and I think that's when you really start getting to know people and seeing if Zach's connecting with any of these women. And I don't know. I'm excited. Same. I'm I'm really excited. And I agree. The first episode is just a slog to get through. But the second episode delivered, I feel like. So um, I guess really before we get started, we want to say hi to Rachel, who sent us the best email. Maybe too nice. You guys don't need to be so kind. Like Mandy and I are going to get way too big of egos about ourselves. Like we're basically rock stars at this point as far as we're concerned. But because we've had like three friends emails. (laughs) Yeah, three. But hey, they were three very nice emails. No, it really does make a big difference. Yeah, it does. And we're just it's how cool. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're having so much fun with this project, like regardless. But the fact that people are listening and enjoying it makes such a big difference. And I think it gives us like more momentum and energy when we record. So especially thank you. The, the later nights that we have to do this <laughs> like tonight. So thank you, Rachel, for the, the kind words and the energy. Um, we're going to start out, I guess, on a little bit of a heavier note. Contestant Greer uh, posted last week an apology on her Instagram page. She had been found out. I mean... You guys, for the record, never post stuff on social media that you don't want people to dig up. Uh, She was found to be defending blackface uh, on Twitter and has since issued an apology on her Instagram page. And we wanted to read that apology and discuss that a little bit. Um, So the image, it was a Halloween image of a, a friend of hers in high school. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, So this is what the apology said. The journey to love is filled with lessons, and these lessons are also made on our journey of growth. In my past, I have made some uneducated, ignorant, and frankly wrong comments on my social media accounts. In particular, in 2016, I used misguided arguments on Twitter to defend a student who dressed in blackface as Tupac for Halloween. I'm deeply sorry to those I have hurt, especially those within the black community, not because these screenshots have resurfaced, but because I ever shared those harmful opinions at all. Time and age do not excuse my actions, but this is not a reflection of who I am today. I do not stand by or condone the damaging opinions and behaviors I shared during that stage of my life and will forever regret making those offensive remarks. Now... One thing I want to say is, especially with Mandy and I being white, you know, we can assess an apology and say that that was was a well-written apology, but we aren't the people that get to give forgiveness or say whether or not that's enough. And I think 
an example of um, somebody who's done a really good job and an opportunity Mandy and I didn't capitalize on when we talked about Chris Harrison was to talk about Rachel Kirkano, who the controversy um, of Matt James's season surrounded. You know, she came forward and gave not only a really good apology, she posted it to her grid and she has continued to show growth and post stuff about the Black Lives Matter movement, resources, information. She's really active about all of that. And I think that that really is the second part of an apology that's necessary is not just saying that you're sorry, but then moving forward and continuing to show that you're growing and learning and committed to doing better and reducing the harm you cause. So yeah, for right now, I guess we sit and watch and see how Greer handles things going forward and we'll go from there. But yeah, not a good luck. <laughs> I think, um, you know, after their, after our Chris Harrison podcast, we got some feedback from my friend Lindsay. Yeah. And she just, she said it would have been really great if you had brought up how well Rachel handled all of the aftermath after the show. And so when we read Greer's apology, um, we both just thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of circle back and acknowledge the work that Rachel has done. Just to highlight, you know, in, in contrast to Chris Harrison, who has deleted his apology, someone who has done a really, um, who has been a good example of what, uh, what a real apology looks like, I think. Yeah, not making herself the victim, taking full accountability, and continuing to highlight the issue that she really messed up on. And I, I, I commend her greatly on that. I think she's handled that with as, as much grace as anybody can. And you know, that's that's what we expect. You may not be forgiven, but you are expected to do better. And Rachel has been doing better. So let's let's hope Greer follows in her footsteps. Yeah. And Rachel and Matt are super cute together and they make me happy. They are. It's really good. <laughs> it also was easier to watch that season with the context, knowing that they yeah, are happy sure. together because wow, was that a lot to take That in. was a dumpster fire. Absolutely. Uh, so let's, we're going to get right into this episode because we kind of, we have some opinions on this one. Um, opening scene, Zach in the shower. Why? I, you know what, it was funny. He was actually washing his face. You know, there was lots of bubbles and suds. It wasn't like he was just like soaping down his hot bod. Um, I was just like, why do we have to see this? And also, why is it a shot when he's like mid face wash? <laughs> Yeah, why not rinsing your hair? I don't know. Or like, why in the shower at all? Like, yeah, why can't he be like why in the shower? swimming laps in that nice pool that he has in his backyard or something? Yeah, I, like, or, or lifting some weights. Yeah, there's a lot of other ways to hide. The shower just feels... Invasive and awkward. Yeah, it does feel awkward. <laughs> I think that might be the theme of this episode. Awkward. But would they show a female contestant showering? Hard no. So, I don't know. Just something to think about. Yeah, it was weird. It just felt a little unnecessary, like they were reaching. Um, but the cool thing about this week is everyone got to go on a date. Yeah. So that was, that, was, that was a good move on Zach's part because it always sucks when like there are people who don't go on dates and you're like, well, we know who's going home because he has said nothing to anybody. So uh, everybody goes, the, the first group goes on the first date. And I have to say, I loved Loved, loved, loved every single one of them wearing high-waisted, straight mom jeans. Yeah, they were all light-washed jeans. Mm -hmm. Lots of light-washed jeans and crop tops. Yes. And just, I have to say it, 
I'm I'm a little shocked that this is coming out of my mouth, but Abercrombie is really killing it with those 90s mom jeans. So if you are looking for a pair. They're so good. And you have big thighs and a smaller waist. These don't have the gap that will allow somebody to look down the back of your pants and see your vagina. <laughs> They're amazing. So if you're looking for a good pair of mom jeans, Abercrombie really is the, the ticket. And no, this is not sponsored. Yeah, this is not an ad, but if Abercrombie wanted to sponsor us, we would say sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so the bad bitch date. Lotto. Yeah, that was fun. I so feel fun. like that was actually like made the second date not look great in comparison. That's First group got to meet gods. Wow, got to meet Lotto and everybody else. Just got back well. We didn't time. even see the second group date. Like the the activity wasn't included. It was just the kind of cocktail hour oh, right. aspect of it. I actually know what the second date was. What was it? We'll talk about it later. Oh, Remind okay. me that I read something about it. Okay. But this first date, it was really fun to watch Victoria, Tajwan, and Courtney walk out of that room strutting their stuff. Yeah. Interesting combo of women. Um, Courtney, do you know who Courtney is? No idea. Courtney is a blast from the past. She was the villain and the winner of her season. Oh. So she was like... I think I wrote, um, let's see, OG bad bitch. OG bad bitch. Yeah. I like it. The date, I felt like in two parts, I hated them having to walk the runway in a really awkward way. And like Victoria, Tajwan, Lotto were all cringing with secondhand embarrassment. And Lotto at one point was telling Zach, take the hat off, take the hat off. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I was thinking... If I could do that and what I would do, do you think you could have done it? Oh, absolutely not. Props to all those women. Even if they did a bad job, I would have done worse. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe I would like start by trying to like look sexy and then I would just like drop and do some push-ups <laughs> because then I wouldn't oh, have to watch actually, people watch me. <laughs> that could work. You'd still probably get shade, but like yeah, that would be a really that would do that, that would be a good flex. I can do that way more confidently than I can, you know, any sexual dance move. Dry rating on Zach. <laughs> For sure. The second part of it though, I'm a little sad that it got cut off because they were asked to share a moment when they were a bad bitch. And I feel like that would have been an excellent moment for us to get to know some of these women better. And they cut it off. Like we didn't hear maybe more than two people's stories. Yeah, I would have rather heard more stories than seen the dances. Yeah, they just want to make these. They, it kind of sucks sometimes to feel like the show is trying to like embarrass these women more than they're giving them opportunities to like build them up. So on that note, do you have a bad bitch Mandy moment? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. And so I guess... Lotto um, defined bad bitch as confidence, right? Yeah. So. And beautiful inside and outside, but mostly inside. Okay. Well, um, one time at one of my jobs, I really wanted to be a part of this project. And I didn't end up being put on the project. And I stubbornly was like, I'm not going to just not be on the project. Oh, and yeah. so I just started showing up to meetings. You did not. And I just started designing stuff and <gasps> presenting it at the meetings. What did they do? 
they still didn't invite me to meetings and I still showed up <laughs> and kept designing. And finally, the client ended up really appreciating one of my designs. And I so eventually I got looped into the project. But um, yeah, I think that that was a moment where I just wanted to fight for it. And I was I I had zero shame. I just showed up to meetings and started doing work for the project, whether I was looped in or not. No one can see, but I am grinning ear to ear. I think that is <laughs> the most incredible thing. Um, Dude, props. That's amazing. You. My story feels really dumb in comparison. <laughs> no, I want to hear yours. Okay. And Jess and I didn't share these before, by the way. Yeah, we wanted we wanted good reactions. Um, in seventh grade, I got suspended for basically getting my ass kicked. Like, I did not start the fight. I did not finish the fight. But I got suspended anyway. And... For years to come, I got shoved into lockers. We'll call this person Lisa. Lisa's friends did not appreciate her also getting suspended on my behalf. And flash forward, I think it was my junior year of high school, maybe my sophomore year. Lisa and I were in the same math class. And a math project came up where for some reason we had to have math partners. And of course, I get paired with Lisa. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, nope, nope, you've got this. And I walked up to her and I was like, Lisa, do you understand this project? And she was like, no. And I was like, cool, I do. Come over to my house tonight. My mom has snacks. We'll get it done. And she totally showed up. She was really nice. Wow. We got the project done. It was the one time in my life that I understood the math assignment. And I stopped getting shoved into lockers after that. And like, oh. I don't know what happened. Like, Damn, 16-year-old Jess. That was that I was love awesome. That story. That could be like a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, but since then I've just devolved into a soft bitch and I don't think I have like particularly bad bitch energy, but I'm okay with it. But younger me was way cooler and like a lot more I think you have better bitch energy than you think you do. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks. I mean her hair's purple. That in and of itself is bad bitch, so. There we go. Purple hair. Take notes, people. Um but then I think the real drama of the night was uh, Tajwan making an appearance. This whole thing kind of bummed me out because I legitimately like Tajwan from too. Bachelor in Paradise. Um, and that I, I'm going to sound maybe, I'm not trying to be mean, but I was like, Victoria F, bad bitch. Courtney, bad bitch. Tajwan, I think Tajwan is more so just kind of like relatably messy. <laughs> She's just like a little bit like, I don't know. All of the women have related to Tajwan and being like overly sweaty and uncomfortable and like not happy with the setting. And I feel like I associate Tajwan a little bit more <laughs> with that. But so then we get to the date and it's like Tajwan really personified her bad bitch oh, like yeah. appearance. And the part that I found the most interesting wasn't that she went for Zach. It was that her strategy with the women was to be like really rude. I was laughing so much that. So I had, I noted a couple of things. One, when they brought up her, what are those things called under their names? Oh, um, I don't remember, but okay. where it says like their name and their age and what Hers, they do. first off, did not say her age. Oh, it didn't? So the other thing is, and not that it matters, but I think my suspicion is, is that Taj Juan was put up to that. 
and production was like, we need you to go in there and stir some shit up because this is too boring. And I think she negotiated like, don't put my age on the the display. And she sort of just agreed to do this. Yeah. Because it also, it felt really out of character for her. That's what I thought too. Although it was so funny to me. I wrote down the quote and she says, well, I saw you guys on the stage and it was just like very painful to watch. And Catherine goes, is that, you? Just, so you just came here to say that to us? <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, Catherine, no. She's here for Zach. Like, come on. She was not picking up Keep what up. Cash was putting down. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't help it. My favorite was when they were speculating and someone was like, maybe she has a question. And another girl was like, oh, she has a question? question? <laughs> yes. That was so funny. I, yeah, I also noted me. that I think that it, probably was set up by production but I didn't really get why Tajwan was like agreeable to that because it didn't make her look good in really any capacity no but I think sometimes there's yeah I don't think it was a good look but I also just wonder like what production sort of promises on the back end of like maybe another trip to the beach or who knows yeah it's it's hard to say, but it did feel a little produced and not, I think not it good only energy. F- I think it felt the most produced when she went out and was, where the women came to her, she went to them, I don't remember. But um, yeah, she was immediately like really defensive and kind of like, and I think I wrote down like not a smart move if she wants to join the house, question mark. This is an interesting thought that I've had though. I was reading... Roxanne Gay's book, Bad Feminist, and she has a chapter actually about The Bachelor um, called Not Here to Make Friends, or maybe it's Here to Make Friends, but she talks about likability and like why that ends up being something so important. And I'm not saying that you want to make enemies of the house, but you really are there for like one of three reasons, right? You're there because in this day and age, old school bachelor, I think was very different, but now people want Instagram followers. Like there's a way to create a job. Yeah, get a following. You're an influencer. I think that there are people who get coached and who treat it like a competition and try and get further in things because again, I mean, it kind of tacks on to number one. It, it allows you to build followers on Instagram or social media and to make more of a living about that. And then I do I do think that there are people that go there like kind of roll the dice. Maybe it'll work out, maybe it won't. But like none of those circumstances, I guess, really lend themselves to like you needing to make friends with the house. And it is kind of a weird standard that we put on women to have to be likable. Um, and I'm saying this is somebody who would probably just go and make friends with everybody in the house and not want anything to do with the guy there. So I'm not trying to like defend people being rude, but I do think it's an interesting, like it is an interesting tactic, but I also wonder what our aversion is to people not wanting to like be friends with people there. I I mean, I think it's okay to not necessarily like everybody. I don't, I just was surprised because I think Tashwan's really likable. She's so funny. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, I don't feel like the Tashwan we really saw in that episode was like, the Tash one we've seen on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, and so I just was kind of surprised by the whole scene. And um, maybe she knew she was going into a hostile environment because the, she knew that the woman would be like pissed and threatened. And so she was kind of like already bristly 
Yeah, it's not worked out well for anybody who's come in through the season. Blake Moynes, Nick yeah, Rael, it's um not it's not good. nobody. You're definitely not welcomed. No. So she could have anticipated that and just kind of been already on edge and ready for it. Um, I was just like, well, if you do want to go <laughs> to the house, like this could be interesting. Obviously, it didn't happen. Doesn't really matter. But um, also, I hope we see her on the beach again. Oh, me too. I felt so bad when she was crying and the producer deserves a raise for saying to her with such genuineness, sometimes bad bitches cry. Yes. It's okay. So just let that be the take home message for today. Bad bitches, it's, it is okay to cry. Yeah. I cry all the time. I'm a bad bitch. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. I did want to um, touch on the tongue kissing conversation. Oh my God. I do not for two seconds buy that Catherine had no idea that you don't use tongue in every kiss. Are you kissing your mother with your tongue? Like what on earth? I just, well, I mean, to me, I know everyone has different kissing preferences. I actually know like a few people who don't like kissing with tongue at all. So I think it totally depends on the person and it's more so just, Kissing to me is like a dance, right? You kind of like follow other people's leads and and you kind of figure out your kissing chemistry and rhythm as you kiss. Yeah. It's kind of wild to me that some people are just like, oh, I only kiss with tongue or I never kiss with tongue. It's like, shouldn't it also depend on like who you're kissing? And the mood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're like making out with people in the car just like rather than giving someone a quick kiss. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that conversation was hilarious. I'm glad you caught that too. I also thought it was weird. Uh, though Catherine did get the date rose, so her kissing Zach with tongue paid off. Definitely paid off. Maybe Zach's into really tongue kisses. Oh, Zach is definitely into tongue kisses. <laughs> we'll talk about the second date, where it was basically just the kissing date. But then we move to Christina M's one-on-one. Yeah. Which I actually have something interesting to share about that. I was doing some research for this, and... Bachelor Data posted something that I thought was interesting about this. Nine of the 14 women who have ever gone on the first one-on-one date make it to the final four. But how many of them win? Two. And, but six have become the Bachelorette. So her speculation was, does production test out the likability of who they think they want to be the bachelorette by sending them on this first date or does going on the first one-on-one and being the first like alone screen time make you a more of a fan favorite? Well, first of all, thank you for sharing those stats. So it's really interesting. I feel like rarely does the first date person end up being the person in the end. So usually to me, I know the first date person usually goes far and they usually get a second date. But um, I didn't know the top four stats, so that's really interesting. But they usually are never the person who's in the end. Um, I didn't know the ba- I didn't know the the lead, the bachelor, bachelorette part of that either. I knew that she would be um, considered for Bachelorette just because she has a good story. Right. That's why I brought it up because I thought it was interesting that you had mentioned last podcast or maybe just to me that Nick Vial thought that Christina M. had Bachelorette vibes. Yeah, because um, she's a she, – I don't know if anyone watched Emily Maynard's season, but Emily Maynard, blonde from the South, single mom, 
Um, and we haven't had a mom as a bachelorette since, I don't believe. Uh, but yeah, so great storyline. She's also just seems like a very likable, bright, bubbly woman that could be a very charismatic lead. Um, kind of Hannah Brown energy where she'll just kind of say what she thinks. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely out there in the ether. And I wouldn't be surprised if she's being considered as the bachelorette. And from this first date, I wrote shoe in for hometowns. So I was a little bummed. Unless, you know, a lot of drama is centering around her next, next episode. Uh, yeah. So unless she somehow gets turned into the villain, I wrote down like, damn it, I should have put her on my top four because I literally took her off for someone else. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I, oh. I replaced her with Ariel, which I do think Ariel goes far. But there was something about, um, and I don't, I don't want to like go over the skip over the whole date. But there was something about her conversation with Zach where she shared that she had a child that I just felt like was really important and momentous for the season. And in that moment, I was like, "Damn it, I should have put her in my top four, dude." We'll go back to the, the the rest of the date, but I agree. Like Zach also did seem to understand the gravity of the situation of like her having a kid, and you could see him kind of panic, be like, "I really want a boner. I'm into her, but damn, there's a kid. That's a lot. That's a lot." And he really, you could see the cogs turning in him grappling with that. I feel like that was a little bit of insight, and it's always good to me to see people have like real reactions to that. Yeah. Because it's no joke. You know, somebody having a kid, that is that is a big deal to be invited into a child's life. Yeah. And like, that's no small thing. And so for Zach to really kind of start sweating it, I was like, well, at least he gets it. Like, he knows that that's – he shouldn't waste her time if he's not committed to doing that. And two, you know, if he does go with this, that that is huge. Yeah. And on that note, um, I just want to say as <laughs> as much as we have talked about – how much we have not been excited for Zach's season. In this episode, there were a few moments where I am starting to like Zach a little bit more. And it's, don't get me wrong, he's still basic. He's still boring. He's still, you know, he doesn't really, I don't know. He's still all the things. But he tries really hard to communicate and I feel like he tries really hard to communicate from a place of understanding and really hearing what the other person is saying. And in this conversation with, um, sorry, what's her Christina. name? Christina. I always want to call her Catherine for some Actually, for some I reason. keep getting them mixed up too. So fair. But in this conversation with Christina, I think he really wanted to make sure that he meant what he said and wasn't just giving her a rose because they had a good date. Absolutely. It felt genuine. Yeah. And and there was a couple other moments where I felt like he was really invested in um, some harder conversations with other women. And so, you know, I don't think this season's going to be the most dramatic, but is Zach, you know, here really looking to find... A <laughs> the love of his life like yeah i think i am i believe that for sure uh as far as their date goes meeting the parents helicopter oh that's something i was gonna say with the stats anytime they meet the family it's usually a sign they don't end up together oh fascinating i don't know if there were stats on that but that's like if the, if you <laughs> if you go on the date where you meet their family or their parents it's like Kind of the kiss of death. Okay, well, I'm about to blow you out of the water. Sorry for the uh, tangent here, you guys. But guess who was hanging out together this weekend? Who? Rachel and Clayton. And their body language, 
was saucy. Get the fuck out of here. I know. I actually can see it. Anyway, she met his family on the date, so didn't she? Now it might have been that weird barbecue thing that I'm talking about. Eh, guys, know what? I just wanted to talk about Rachel and Clayton, so I really fit it I in didn't there. know that. Thank you for sharing that tea. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anyway, if I'm wrong, I think back to this episode, really two things stuck out to me. One, Zach's family flies an American flag. Conservative. Two, who puts a square cake on a round cake stand? Oh, I'm sorry, Jess. Ugh. Make a round cake or don't put it on the cake stand. I could not get past that, Zach. I didn't notice that. But I I appreciate that you did. The things that stood out to me was Nickelback being his first date. Oh, that actually, you know what? That makes me like them because I also like Nickelback, but apparently it's not a cool thing to do. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for laughing at me. I feel it. I'm more so just laughing at the fact that uh, when I wrote that down, I was like, this pretty much sums up everything I know about Nickelback. Nickelback was his first show. Um, the other thing that I noted was that they were making margaritas and it really made me want one. I am ready for some sunshine. I am ready for a patio and a margarita, but we are still in February. Yeah. And it's like 20 degrees. We'll get there. Um, but I thought the date went really well. I think depending, I'm with you, if the drama doesn't really blow up her game next week, she's definitely going far. Yeah. Um, he's, he's into her. Um, and then... Did you notice something? She's, and I don't even know if she's doing this intentionally or if she's just naturally this way, but she is very purposeful with her eye contact and her body language. Like after one of her their kisses, she like bit her lip and she was like looking at him in this way. Like she's kind of like watching a rom-com. Or- oh, for sure. She She's the one that I was telling you that was like smoldering at Zach in the first episode. Like all the other women were like grinning and giddy and she is just googly eyes, but like smoldering at Zach the whole time. Like every time the camera pan, I this was like, girl she knows her angles. It. She does. Oh, that was the other thing. She totally knows Brooke Wells. And I wondered that. And I got confirmation when Brooke Wells posted a story that they were watching their Sorry, girl, Brooke Christina. Wells is a CrossFitter. Famous CrossFitter. And yeah, I knew Christina did CrossFit because it was in her opening. It was. And so then I was like, I wonder if she works out with Brooke Wells. Ugh, she does. That makes me so jealous. <laughs> My friend that I watched the first episode with, she's like, oh, she does CrossFit. And she rewound it. Um, shout out to Julia. And she's like, does she have good form? And I was like, yeah, it looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Love that. So there's our CrossFit connection. Do you have anything else for the one-on-one? Um, I think that's it. The second date? Listen. I am a little bummed. So, man, I can never remember the uncle's name. Sorry, the third date. Oh, the sec- well, the second group date. Oh, it's Putty. Putty wasn't there. No, but he was. Patrick Warburton? Yes. He was there? Patrick Warburton, apparently the first, the, the second, the first part of the second date okay. was him having them put on a puppet show. And what? they cut it completely Why? from the episode. I don't know. I That's weird because I would have assumed that production would have loved for Zach's uncle to be there and I just assumed he wasn't at the party. Nope. Cut it out of the show completely. Well, that seems like a loss. Yeah. One other thing they cut out from the first episode that I was really bummed that they cut out that I found out. Apparently, Lekka 
stopped the rose ceremony in the first episode to tell production she did not have any time with Zach. And they cut that out too. And like, wait, who did? Lekka. She licked his ear. Oh, okay. First episode. First episode. I would have died. That would have been amazing TV. That would have been amazing. Show me somebody stopping the rose ceremony. Why would they put that in there? Right? Like, Zach's season's already so boring. So we're missing out on somebody pausing the rose ceremony because a puppet show? Life isn't fair and a puppet show. I feel cheated. Especially because it really did feel like the second group date just got shafted. You're like, cool, you get to just go have drinks with Zach. Yeah, everyone gets a date, but we're not showing your activity. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting opportunities to know these women. Um, second date with the second group date, Zach basically kissed everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Wait, except for Gabby. He, oh, I know. He didn't kiss Gabby. <laughs> and we didn't see him kiss Anastasia, but. I assume they did. Um, yeah, watching the Gabby meltdown, she's in my top four, you guys. And I was like, oh, I botched this. I read the room wrong. <laughs> I'll admit when I was watching it, I was like, oh, shit, Jess put her in her top four. And because I remember I was like surprised and excited because I really liked Gabby. And so when you said that you were putting her in top four, I was like, wow, okay, bold move. I love that. And then I will admit that I... It, when it started getting bad, I was like, oh, oh I, I'm like, don't pause. Don't pause. You don't have time. You this already takes you like all day to watch this episode. Don't pause. But it was it was really hard to watch the Gabby implosion. Well, and the worst part about it was hearing her talk about it with the women and hearing her absorb everyone else's really good interaction. Because everybody came back and was like, we made out. Yeah, like we had the strong connection and it was amazing. Well, or his confiding in Jess about his pylor- py- pyloric stenosis. Like, wow, way to say that. I didn't you. know what it was. It's, a, it's an obstruction in the small intestine so food can't get through. I know this because I worked in pediatric surgery, not as anybody but an office person, but that was... Anyway, like he really opened up to Jess about that. And yeah, I thought that was a smart move on her part to ask him, like, tell me something that only I would know. Yeah. That, that was, creates this like closeness between the two of you. That's exactly it. Share secrets. This is how you fall in love. Share things about each other. And then poor Gabby goes in and just talks about going to the farmer's market and can't help but just like word vomit. And I want a family. And... It was a lot. There was no bow. She kept saying she was going to put a bow on it. and She just couldn't find the she, bow. She was trying too hard to find the uh, right bow. Yeah. That was, that was hard to watch, but it was really kind of funny to just, I wrote down all these women that went on that date and I was like, kissed, kissed, kissed. It was kissed, kind of like a similar kissed. vibe to talking to your crush in middle school, you know, oh, yeah. that you just are like watching across the room. And then when they actually approach, you've like fantasized about this conversation so many times in your head and then when it's actually happening you don't even know what to say you're like and did then, i even talk yeah you like sputter through something and then you just want to like hide underneath your desk for the rest of the day i kind of felt like that was the interaction oh for sure i i really felt for her that was that was rough um and that was kind of it like i think a lot of women formed good connections Ooh, just i want to touch on ariel oh yeah, yeah yeah ariel has like a really interesting vibe she's she has like a really natural, serious kind of tone. Mm-hmm. And she has a really like low, sultry voice. Yes. I don't know. She's mysterious. She's the one who came out and had a hard time, like her dress ripped. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, all this stuff happened, but 
nothing was going to stop me from coming. Yeah, but then she's she also had a really good connection with Zach, even though it was kind of like a little more serious. Like I feel like he was really into that. He question. Yeah. Do you think the stop me from coming was like meant as a sexual reference or it was like totally not? Remind me of the scene. Just when she got out of the limo and she was like, my dress ripped. Um, I missed my plane. Oh, nothing like, could stop oh, me from coming. Yeah. Just wondering. No, probably not. Okay. But I also didn't think, like, in retrospect, I'm not sure that Katie's dick joke was a dick joke, so. That's fair. I'm just. Zach definitely didn't even, like, think about it, so. Revisionist history. I have no idea. In my mind, no. All right. Um, Yeah, I think aside from that, the the date was pretty uneventful. Yeah, kind of ho-hum. So then we move to. Rose ceremony. Rose ceremony and the cocktail party. Um. I guess we can just start off. First off, I thought Brianna looked smoking hot. I thought um, Christina looked smoking hot too. And they are the center of the, the rose <laughs> ceremony. Uh, Brianna's the like part drama. bright and gold and Christina's dark in her black dress. For sure. So there was some, some issues here. And I thought that this, this was one of the reasons why I think reality TV can be really fun to watch. Um. In the first episode, Christina had approached Brianna about the red dress she was wearing that was covered in roses, about the fact that she showed up with a rose. And I think Christina was feeling maybe a little bit insecure. There's, of course, alcohol. She's trying to, like, work the room, be friends with people, and comments on the fact that Brianna has this rose, that her dress matches it. Brianna's trying to downplay it, and Christina is like, oh, my God, I hate you. JK. JK. And Brianna, at one point through this episode, had talked in this current episode, episode two, talks to Zach about feeling really insecure about the fact that she has not received a rose from him yet. So she's, she's feeling like she walked into the house with the target on her back. Christina says this thing, even if it wasn't just, still just like she's feeling uncomfortable about it. And then worse, you know, she opens up to Zach about this, but she doesn't get the group date rose on the, the, the group date, just gets it. And I think she's left feeling just, she's feeling the pressure of the situation. She's feeling really insecure. She's worked up about the comment that Christina made. and Kind of spiraling a little bit. Yeah, which we see women do, and it makes a lot of sense. And I would, High pressure environment. For sure. And I think, you know, Brianna being a black woman too, I think it's probably she's got a heightened awareness too of microaggressions or comments made toward her that just put her on edge a little more. And she confronts Christina about it. And Christina's like, you know, I don't remember saying that, but I'm really sorry that I hurt your feelings and that that's, you know, that your feelings are hurt and that that was because of me. And I think Christina did the best that she could. I think her apology seemed genuine. I do. And, you know, Brianna's response was also like, well, you know, actions going forward will be more telling. And mind you, editing makes it so hard to see, like, all of the interactions. Like, we just don't know what else has been going on. Um, and Brianna then takes this to Zach, who really – this is the one time that I feel like Zach did not handle a situation well. Um, and it's not entirely – I'll get into this, but I don't think it's entirely his fault. But he basically brushes Brianna's concerns off about, you know, Christina and the drama around this. By basically being like, I'm not even sure that you like me. Like, you just are 
you're a really intense person and you bring up this negative stuff when we're around. And it was, to, to be frank, like a little bit of a clusterfuck. And I keep thinking about this term phenomenology, which is the, the study of consciousness through an object's experience. And humans are all experiencing things and only you as yourself can know what you experience and what you feel. And therefore, when you have situations like this, two things can be true and it can be really hard to have good conversations when one person is feeling hurt and another person is like, yeah, but I was just having fun. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean anything by it. And I think it's a really good example of, you know, and Christina's part needing to be more intentional with the words that you say and not being so flippant to throw out phrases like, I hate you. Um, I think it's a really good thing to recognize that like Brianna probably needed to articulate what she was feeling a little more clearly, especially to Zach, rather than trying to center it around Christina. And Zach needed to step back and realize even though he doesn't want drama, it doesn't mean that these women aren't experiencing things in the house. And if he's looking for his wife, he does owe it to them to hear them out in these instances. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it was awkward. It was hard to watch. But this is like one of the fun things about Rhea. Fun isn't interesting, not, you know, funny. But like it is interesting to watch these interactions and kind of step back and be like, what is going on here? Like how did we get to this spot? And I think that this is probably something that happens in day-to-day life. And Yeah. And I think especially, um, I don't know, the I hate you comment. I think as women, we've all experienced that in some form from our friends or peers or acquaintances and it's not meant as like I literally hate you it's kind of a backhanded compliment where they are complimenting you for something that they envy you for yeah and so I the problem with that is people assume that it's like playful and and a joke but to the person who you're saying it to it makes them feel bad that you are having that emotional reaction towards them because of this thing Right. It reminds us that like as women, we society sort of pits us against each other. We're each other's competition and we shouldn't be. Right. And so uh, I think and also, you know, they're in this house where they're probably not getting out a lot of sleep. They're all competing for this same guy. Um, Feelings get hurt. Anxieties happen. Insecurities flare up. All of these things become a bigger deal. You know, all of these ingredients kind of created the perfect storm for the scenario. And I think. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens next week because it seems like Christina gets pegged as a little bit more of this intense um, player in the game. Uh, but, you know, I guess Brianna's still here. She got his rose. And I think, you know, it was cool to see that she felt like she got that validation. And so I'm interested to see if that validation transfers to her being more confident next episode. At the end of the episode, she was like watch out ladies I am coming and like this is what I want to see like yeah and she's like a business owner she's an entrepreneur she's like has all of this success and so I didn't really like seeing how much you know I didn't love seeing how insecure she was feeling throughout all of this and it was interesting that she kind of resented America's Rose um which I thought was an interesting take on that I thought it was interesting that she felt like that Rose did her a disservice And I was wondering if other women, if they do that in the future, it'll be interesting to see if other women have a similar experience 
being in that position. Yeah, I when I finally remembered and like put it all together that that's what happened, I to me that doesn't seem like a good idea. It really does seem like a little bit of pot stirring with production in these things because you're sending somebody in day one who's safe already. And so, you know, the women are already just sort of like on edge about it. But then the flip side of it is, is, you know, to Brianna's point, you feel really insecure because Zach didn't give her that rose. She has no idea if he really wants her there or not. And that sucks too, because on top of all of that, hearing all these connections that these women have and like they're getting validation along the way, she did not get an opportunity to get validation until the end of this episode. And we know that that the pressure builds, like these women are breaking. This is hard to get through this. And so I'm not sure I love the idea of America being able to grant a rose. Like it just feels a little bit, it's not like Big Brother where you get to vote America's favorite, you know, house guest. (laughs) You're voting on somebody's potential spouse. That feels oddly forced and maybe not the best idea. But it feels like they know that Zach is boring and they're kind of just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Well, maybe this one won't stick because it wasn't that great of an idea. <laughs> I hope not. Because, it, yeah, it just doesn't quite fit the the bill, I think. Um, but we'll see how that all plays out. Next week's episode looks dramatic for somebody who says that there is no drama in his season. You know, women draped over stairs sobbing has never been a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think we should circle back to Gabby rescuing the the evening yes because we're still yes my girl gabby you guys she got it together <laughs> and she saved the day with peanut, peanut butter, butter cups, cups. <laughs> jinx yeah. um yeah so i thought that was really smooth on her part and i mean a kiss that tastes like a peanut butter cup sounds great <laughs> way better than meatballs <laughs> yeah i was happy that she kind of redeemed herself and i loved that he I don't know. I felt like he kind of rose to the occasion and I love that he told her, like, you give me butterflies. Like, I'm excited to be around you. I think, like, that was a really thoughtful thing to say. It was. They did seem to have a really good connection. And I also thought that the peanut butter cup Lady and the Tramp style was pretty effing cute. It was cute. (laughs) I'm not that person by any means. If you ask me to share candy with you, the answer is no, let alone, like, eat it from anybody's mouth. Just I'm sorry, Solomon. No. Um, but that was cute. Was they cute. they had good chemistry. It did not feel when she suggested that, I was like, please don't get worse. But it got better for once. Like that actually, like somebody who spiraled turned it around in I think a really good way. And I thought that was cool. She got her shit together. She knew what she needed to do. You, you know, bring somebody candy. Well, maybe he was just as nervous during their conversation on the group date and I don't know. She was picking up on his energy and there was no kiss. And they were both just like, wow, that was awkward. It's so true, which can happen. You know, if everybody's nervous, nobody's acting. I also loved her black dress. It was like one arm sleeve, I think. Yeah. These women, some seasons, and maybe it's because some of the seasons I'm watching are older, but like even I think the last couple seasons that we've watched, I don't always love the fashion, but like all of the women – are looking really good this episode. Yeah. Like I it's fun to see everybody's dresses. I think they're all different too. 
Cats was interesting, though. I don't know how I feel about cats. That was also an incredibly expensive dress for what it was. There's going to be um, probably a dozen memes of Cat on the internet with her facial expressions. Yeah. Her wide eyes and her intense little face. I was kind of bummed that she left the show so early just because I loved watching her reactions to things. That's fair. I can. She, she is definitely somebody that I would like to be friends with, which is I'm pretty sure what I wrote down when she was like crawling. She did the cat thing on the bad bitch date, which made me laugh. Like, girl, that's not a good move, but she's props on, to you. She's on brand. She um, is. A couple of other notes I just want to throw out there. Yeah. I love Allie. Um, it seems like she's a really good communicator. Yeah. So Allie's, I'm excited to see more of Allie. Allie, I am excited for too. Um, I'm also, I thought Mercedes looked amazing in yellow. She's yes. beautiful. And let's see if there's anything. Oh, the last note I wanted to throw out there before we do our candy review, unless you have anything else, is did you see the advertisement for Old Bachelor? Yes. Yes, I saw that. So they have been um, saying that they might do like a retired bachelor where I think you have to be 60 and older to be on the show. But this has been teased for years, at least two, at least more than one. And I thought it was going to happen last year and it didn't. And now they're advertising the casting saying, you know, do you have a grandma or grandpa or a relative that needs to find love? And I am thrilled. Let's do it. Let's Absolutely. mix it up. Yes. Here for that. Um, the only other thing that I have to add, I mean, we lost. Uh, who did we lose this week? We lost Kat, Victoria, and Kimberly. Oh, Kimberly. Kimberly. Kimberly was so sweet. That really was kind of. Her she, leaving. I know. She was. She's so nice. Yeah. She's like, he gave me the, you know, the best shot he could have. And then she like wiped her tear on her, her shoulder. shoulder. Uh, but then there's Kat. You guys. Kat killed me. Did you? I had to go back and like put on subtitles to listen and read what she was saying. What did she say? Okay. And I quote. It's confusing. I don't understand why our connection, like, he doesn't want to explore more. When, like, I don't know, like, what? What? Oh, I remember now. I think, like, literally one more week of time, like, he would see our connection is a lot stronger than him and the other girls. End quote. I was like, Kat, how do you know this? How do you? How are you anticipating that's going to happen in a week? Also, yeah, that is a weird timeline, and just like that was a lot of denial for leaving. Like a lot of the times, people are like, "I don't know what happened," and Kat's like, "What? What?" Well, I have a feeling Kat is definitely going to be on the paradise list. Oh, please, yes, put Kat on the beach. Her, or Madison, or both. 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 They're different kind of messy. Yeah. But Kat just really can, like. I don't really feel like we got to know Madison at all. No. It was just kind of like, a, oh, this is an unfortunate night. Yeah. Whereas Kat, I mean, she's just kind of quirky and she has some crazy wide-eyed expressions. Um, and, she, you know, she unfortunately did the meatball maneuver. But. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought she was fun to watch. I'm kind of bummed that she's gone just because she was good television. Yeah. Her exit was also really funny. I was like, what did I just listen to? But 
I I thought that was great. So um yeah, that was the episode. Do you have anything else? No, I think we can just do our candy review. Cool. Candy review at the end this time. Oh wait, we have to do our drama rating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Drama rating. That's really important. What are you gonna give this one? I feel like it was less dramatic than the first episode, so I'm going to give it a two. (laughs) So funny. I'm going to give it like a three or a four. Tajwan coming in. Oh, I forgot about Tajwan. Kind of shaking shit up. Love that. Okay. After you say that, I'll give it a three, but I don't think it was more dramatic than the first episode. Okay. Man, you and I need to sit down and like really hash out what we think drama is. Well, we can have different drama ratings. We sh- for sure can. I'm just surprised. Like, you and I normally, like, we have differing opinions. But, like, it just makes me laugh that, like, we've got very different perceptions of this one. Hmm. I love it. No, it's great. If we agreed with each other, nobody would want to listen to both of us. Yeah. What did we equate three to last time in the rating? Oh, basically going on a date with someone in paradise. And not talking. And then having breakfast the next morning and them not talking to you. Yeah. And I felt like it was no more dramatic than a bug flying into somebody's face. Yeah, but that you gave it a two. I, I think. did. So we're yeah. reversed this time. But I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going up to a three. What's okay. after the Tajwan mention? Fair. All right, three, four for me. I don't have a, I don't have a good equivalent of that yet. If I come up with one, I'll let you all know. But it's a work in progress. Deal. Um, I figured since peanut butter cup saved the day. Peanut butter cups were what we should try tonight. And but not just any peanut butter cup. Justin's dark chocolate with crispy or crunchy quinoa on top. Yeah. What'd you think? First of all, I'm always here for a theme. So you are brilliant. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, second of all, I will admit I do not like quinoa. Um, you know, I am a nutrition coach. I love a lot of healthy foods. But quinoa is probably like the number one healthy food that I do not like. That being said, it is crunchy and it adds an, you can't taste the quinoa. It just adds an amazing texture. And I love dark chocolate, Justin's peanut butter cups. So I thought these were delightful. Yeah. I, I have to be in the mood for the quinoa, but like when I want something with a little more texture, yeah. it definitely fits the bill of like crunchy, sweet. It, yeah, it's really good. So if you haven't tried Justin's dark chocolate peanut butter cup with quinoa. If you're a crunchy peanut butter person, you'd probably like these just because of the texture difference. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So that was that was our candy for the day. And uh, I think that's all we've got. That's yeah. That's all we've got. Well, until next time, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. And thank you to everybody who is listening, downloading. We're having so much fun. We hope you're having fun.